when it comes to people building their own savings and their own plans for the future, the industry says, no, 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 you're not clever enough. You're a silly little person. Give it to us, the experts. And I found that very frustrating. So the whole object of launching Fortune and Freedom was to say to people, actually, you can do this yourself. You can take back control of your life and your money. You don't need to give it away to others. Hello and welcome to the Fortune and Freedom podcast, where Nigel Farage and Nikolai Hubble give you a unique take on what's really going on in the world of finance, investing and politics. We hope you sit back and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to this rather unusual video for Fortune and Freedom with Nigel Farage. Nigel, instead of doing the usual weekly news review, what I wanted to do this week is look back at the last almost 18 months now of Fortune and Freedom to sort of think about what we've been up to, what we've gotten right, what we've gotten wrong, you know, what we did see coming, what we didn't, whether we're achieving our mission, uh, a bit of uh, a take on whether the establishment approves on what we've been up to. And I think the aim is to give new subscribers a bit of an idea of you know, not just what we do, but where we've come from now that we have a bit of a history, uh, to give the, the regular readers a bit of an idea of, of why they signed up, a bit of a reminder. And let's start with the fact you're doing all of this for a reason, and it's not the only thing you've been up to. In fact, I think people who hope that you would disappear into the post-Brexit mist are going to be in for a rough few years. But all of the things that you've been up to, they seem to dovetail together quite well. Can you tell us about you know, why I'm saying that? Yeah, I mean, I you know, come from a very conventional background, you know, middle class, private school, worked in the city and all the rest of it. Um, but I'm a radical. I'm a radical. And I use that word in the 18th century definition of it you know I think there are times when you need fundamental change for the better and that in a sense is what motivated my political career um, an establishment a complete consensus around the idea that we were members of this European political union that was seeking ever closer union and everybody agreed everybody agreed I mean all the political parties uh, all the media some were critical you know, the sun might tell you about regulations on bent cucumbers, and they weren't wrong. Um, but everybody agreed, that's where we're going. The only debate was how quickly do we get to the final destination. So that's how my political career started, on that issue. But then I began to see that those consensuses appeared not just on Europe, but on a whole raft of issues where we were not having full, proper public debate. Now, when it comes to politics and current affairs, I haven't gone away. I mean, you know, I've still got 3.3 million followers across social media platforms. Uh, I'm doing four nights a week a show on GB News where I'm really trying to push the window. For example, just in the last couple of weeks, the consensus that NATO expanding is a good thing. I've questioned this for 30 years. Um, why would you want to poke the paranoid Russian bear with a stick? Because that's how Putin sees it. Finland, Ukraine, you know, they, they are no strategic asset to us whatsoever. So I've been pushing that argument. I wrote an article to Telegraph Online and blow me down if last night, um, General Lord Richard Dannett, former boss of UK Armed Forces, didn't come out and say NATO has reached the limits of its expansion. So I still want to shift debate, move debate on, because I'm not frightened uh, of not being part of the in crowd. You know, I don't actually want to go to Notting Hill dinner parties with that lot. They're so blooming dull and boring. I'd rather be down the boozer with ordinary people. But because I took a step back from party politics, 
you know, I had uh, during my last nine years working in the commodities business, I'd run my own company, I'd put my savings aside, and I'd chuck them into pension pots and various things. And I just literally, because I was so busy, you know, politics was seven days a week, and I'd literally just given it all to good names in the industry. And what I discovered at the end of it, number one, was I felt it had underperformed. But number two, you actually look at the compounded fees over that period of time. They are enormous. Now, that's how the industry works. And when it comes to people building their own savings and their own plans for the future, the industry says, no, 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 you're not clever enough. You're a silly little person. Give it to us, the experts. And I found that very frustrating. So the whole object of launching Fortune and Freedom was to say to people, actually, you can do this yourself. You can take back control of your life and your money. You don't need to give it away to others. Now, that's not to say there aren't some very good IFAs out there. There are some excellent people out there. Of course there are. But just think about the news headlines in this industry over the last 30 years and think what's happened to so many private investors who thought they were involved with trustworthy companies and trustworthy schemes. So the object was take back control of your money, take back control of your life, and we are going to help you, number one, understand what's going on now. Number two, try and look into that crystal ball at where we're going to be in six months or five years or whatever it may be. And the other thing we tried to do is to educate people. You know, you're interested in buying gold. That's fine. You want to buy gold, what we'll do is tell you how to do it, not to get ripped off on the premiums, not to get ripped off on storage. Similarly, with crypto, a complete mystery to many, many people. We've tried to peel back some of the layers of that with Sam Volkering, um, and we've tried to explain to people, yes, of course, it's volatile. Yes, of course, you shouldn't sell your house. And it's you know, like betting on black or red almost with the way that it moves. But here's what it is. Here's how it's gaining in usage in America and elsewhere. And here's what not to do, not to get ripped off. So I do think that whole educational side of it, people find very, very useful. And I've had a lot of, an awful lot of emails and letters from people saying, yeah, thank you. I didn't get that. Now I do. I feel more equipped, you know, to look after my own money. What have we got right? Well, I think the big call on inflation that we've been making now for a long time, you were way ahead of the game on this, way ahead of me on this. But the big call, on it, and we really started to sound the klaxon last January. That was when we really started to say, almost weekly, you know, central banks have got it wrong, prime ministers have got it wrong. In October, Boris Johnson told the House of Commons that inflation wasn't a problem. <laughs> it's only a few weeks ago. So they've all been in denial. About, uh, about what they've been doing. Massive increase in the money supply means effectively there is more money chasing the same number of goods. Guess what happens? Prices go up. Um, and the lessons from this are deep back in the 70s and 80s with a little blip in the 90s. Um, so you've really got to be my age to even remember what inflation did to people's lives, what it did to people's savings. So we've really got that right. And I'm very, very pleased with that. What else have we got right? Well, we've been very, very cagey about high-flying tech stocks. You know, those tech stocks that have, you know, some of whom have never made a profit in their lives, trading at massive, massive premiums. 
And we've said to people, be really, really careful about this stuff. And hey, you know, look at some of the falls we've seen on NASDAQ and some of these companies. So they're the things that we've got right. Uh, and I'm very proud of that. What have we got wrong? Well, look, it's a difficult one, this, because when you've got a mass mailing list, which we have, and I think, you know, 70, 80,000 people every day get this fortune and freedom email. And it's always a difficult job to know how much to send people. You know, some people, you could send them war and peace daily and they'd still want more. A lot of other people are living very busy lives and say, oh, you know, it, it's all too much. So we have had some criticism that perhaps we send too much information through. Uh, as I say, it's a very difficult balance and a difficult act to get right. Um, and I think it's incumbent upon us to make sure we get that balance right. You can never please everybody with this, but remember, folks, you know, it, this, this service is free. It's there every day. Uh, you know, you can pick and choose. But generally, generally, let's put it like this. I wouldn't still be here 18 months on if I didn't think what we were doing wasn't worthwhile. I think it is. And as I say, the very large number of emails and letters that I've had from people saying thank you uh, means that it has been worthwhile. I think our biggest success has been to focus on cryptocurrencies, especially during the times when it's in for all of the criticism in the media, when it's fallen by almost half or by half. <laughs> That's happened a few times now, and, and we've sort of stuck with it each time. And I, I think our biggest failure is actually quite similar, and I think it's gold. We've been advocating gold quite a bit, and it hasn't performed well. So what do you think is happening there? Well, well, I mean, just quickly on the crypto, you know, I did a piece with Sam Volkering. Uh, we did this, what, 14, 15 months ago. Um, uh, you know, and Sam was saying, look, my view is this thing is going to be a lot more valuable in a few years' time than it is now. But if you are going to invest in it, make sure, A, you do it properly, you know, securely, because there's an awful lot of con men out there, and B, you know, don't put too much of your pot into it. And, hey, anyone that followed that advice from Sam then has done, I mean, yeah, it's been a wild ride, but has done very, very well. I'll come to gold in a second. What was interesting was to see the financial times and the great and the good. Isn't this typical of Farage? You know, here he is off on the wilder shores. You know, why don't we just trust the established? In? And all the same people that wanted us to join the euro that were against Brexit. I mean, it, it, it's kind of a replay of all of that. So, so it, it's interesting um, to see, you know, how mainstream financial media has talked about us, me in particular, anything I'm involved in, you know. Um, we see far less of that now. On gold, look, I think the truth of it is, a lot of the money that would have got into gold has gone into crypto. And I think that's what you've seen uh, from the smaller level investors. Uh, gold, has been, gold has been stuck in a trading range. It's not as if it's been a bad recommendation, uh, you know, but it's been stuck in a trading range. We are now at the upper end of that trading range. If I arguably I think gold now has a new trading range, which is about 50 bucks an ounce higher than it was for much of the previous 18 months. Um, look, you know, if, if you think inflation is here to stay, and by the way, all the people that said it ain't going to happen, oh, well, it's happening a bit, but it's transitory. But don't worry, your poor little heads, we know best. And now saying, ah, it'll be fine. By the end of the year, it would have disappeared. Well, you know, as we've said before, um, on this podcast, that inflation is a disease of money, and it's often much harder 
to get rid of that disease um, because the medicine to do it is so unpalatable. And of course, the medicine is massive ramps in interest rates. And, and, and we are seeing rates going up, but nothing like enough. To damage that. I mean, frankly, if they put rates through the roof, the whole country goes bust. So they just can't do it. So, 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 yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I don't think, uh, Nick, you'd be wrong to advocate gold. I think his time is coming. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, especially almost from a personal perspective here, because I'm not used to being in the spotlight to the extent that, that we have been. Uh, and when we first launched Fortune and Freedom, we came under a lot of mainstream media criticism uh, and some interesting articles. And I remember interacting with you with you about these, and um, I sort of didn't really care. I, I thought, you know, this was to be expected because you're involved. But you 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 seem to consider it uh, a good sign and to enjoy it. And I remember your explanation for why. Can you give that again? Well, look, if you're under attack, uh, you have an opportunity to respond. So, I mean, frankly, what the attackers do is give you a bigger opportunity to make your arguments. And if you believe in your arguments, and if you're sincere and genuine in your arguments, and you're consistent in your arguments, uh, frankly, you know, it's all publicity. I mean, it all helps. And, and I think, you know, some of those uh, that really had a right go, one or two that, that, that did interviews of me that were very, very sneering, you know, who, who said things like, it won't last more than a couple of months, it'll be a disaster, uh, all the investors will do their money. Um, well, I'll replay a quote from the European Parliament. They laughed at me then. They're not laughing now. Let's look ahead then. I think that's given a good summary of the last almost 18 months. Let's look ahead at the next year, say, of what you think the big topics will be, what you think we should focus on in Fortune and Freedom. I think that, um, I mean, clearly, you know, what happens in America uh, does influence markets and does influence the economy in a very, very big way. Um, it is clear that the American administration is teetering. Uh, there was one of the major polling companies last week gave Biden's approval rating of 39%. That is very low for an American president. I mean, very, very low. Trump had some low periods. Trump had some 41s and 42s. But this is really low. Um, interestingly, a vice president whose ratings are now in the 20s. I mean, she just doesn't, hasn't worked at all. So we've got midterm elections coming up. Um, that's politically going to be a big, big thing. Um, and yes, there's inflation in the American economy, but it is still powering ahead. I mean, there isn't much doubt about that. Uh, the UK is, it's interesting. I mean, despite everything, uh, we still have a great level of entrepreneurship in this country, increasing confidence in the city and our financial services sector. Um, so there are some good things happening. UK tech. For example, I mean, you know, we may be a million miles behind San Francisco Bay, but we're head and shoulders above Germany, France, Italy, and the rest of Europe. So there are some good things happening, uh, but they're happening despite government and despite policy and not because of policy. So there is a risk of stagflation, a genuine risk that we have a period of very low growth, but with relatively high inflation. Um, what does that mean? Uh, we might see some pressure on sterling coming at some point this year. I, I don't think that's impossible. And of course, if that does happen, that would add to inflationary pressures. On the geopolitical scene, well, everyone's talking about Russia and Putin. Um, and yes, there is an issue. I mean, personally, I don't think he really does want to invade the Ukraine. 
I think what he, I think what he wants to do is to, is to is to divide the European Union. He's doing it rather successfully. I mean, you know, the Poles and the Germans are barely on speaking terms. Um, but I think you know the real issue is China. It's it, and, it, and it's ever increasing global dominance, and and by the looks of it, it's increasing territorial aims. Now I'm not going to say that's going to break this year. That might be over the next five years or ten years. So you know I think it's going to be. I don't think we're going to see a year of bull markets in stock markets like we've seen for the previous 10 or 12. I think things are going to be much choppier financially, much more difficult. Um, and I hope that we can provide a few wise words uh, to help people avoid uh, the bad stuff. Yeah, that gives me plenty to chew on. To everyone at home, if you've just joined us, we hope that gives you some idea of where we're coming from. You know, it's easy to read our claims about what we try and do, but we have been doing it for quite a while now. Uh, I think. I can sort of say that it's been quite successful, honestly. And to those of you who've been with us for a very long time, I hope you can see that, you know, you need to stick with us because we're only just getting started. Thanks very much for joining us.